Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies who like to cook, smoke, learn, and enjoy a meal with friends. We invite you to join us every 10 days or so here at the High Gluttony Homestead and listen to us make a mess and have a lot of fun. (laughs) So step inside, Gluttoneers! Are you ready for some more Marcella, Gretchen? I think so. I'm always more. I'm always more for Marcella. I am always <laughs> ready for more Marcella. Gretchen's always more for Marcella. Yep. More. Every time. All the time. <laughs> All the time. So yes, you guessed it. We are not done with Marcella. We may never be done with Marcella. We're making a very, very intriguing dish today. What is it, Gretchen? Give it us is. our spoiler alert up right up front. <laughs> you mean the thing we'd have to give away regardless? <laughs> that they've already read the title of anyway? Uh, the, yeah, yeah <laughs> that they know what they're listening to. Spoil it. Yeah. Well, we are making tonarelli a melon. So it is tonarelli with cantaloupe in particular. Cantaloupe. Cantaloupe. Uh, what? In a pasta sauce? Oh, uh, what? Oh, uh, what? Yes. <laughs> I've never seen pasta sauce with melon before. It's a totally new thing. I am deeply intrigued. I've already eaten the other half of the melon, though. (laughs) (laughs) I love melon, but generally I am of the, I want it raw and maybe with some ham, you know? (laughs) Not cooked melon had not really entered the realm of being a thing in my head. My brother's probably no. going to tell me when he listens to this episode that he knew about cooked melon all the time. But, of course. Uh, yes. Yeah. But this so. is new to us. This absolutely caught our eye. Also, it's one of the few pasta dishes that Marcella slightly hesitantly, cautiously says it's okay to use dry pasta or store-bought pasta. So we thought that is a plus two because we did not want to get into making fresh pasta today. but. We are super intrigued by this sauce. So we're going to make that in a little bit. We are obviously never done talking about Marcella. So we've got some fun stuff to get to from her book. But we were so intrigued too when we read the Victor's Potion cocktail last time that we met and made our walnuts that we were bummed. We hadn't read that (laughs) cocktail beforehand. So we're actually both sipping on some Victor's Potion too. Mine's a bit of a, an interpretation of Victor's cocktail <laughs> because I didn't want to buy Campari or, oh, and I forgot to buy orange juice or oranges to make orange juice. So I have blood orange concentrate and blood orange vermouth from <laughs> mom and pop. So that's, it's a bit of an interpretation. The rest of it matches what he, he put in there. <laughs> yeah. And I also don't have orange. I have tangerine instead. But it's really good. I like the bitterness and the sweetness. It also has a little um, lemon peel, but it's tasty. I forgot my garnish, of course. Mm, There's that little mint in there too. Super smooth. I love it. I see why they made it as their like appetizer cocktail. Because it's perfect. It's just Mm -hmm. light enough. Like you could add a little, I am tempted to add a little sparkling water in there just to lighten it Mm. up even since Mm -hmm. it is mid-afternoon and I could always use more hydration, so. (laughs) And this does have vodka in it, too, so we always have to be cautious with our vodka in the afternoon. 
Water it down. Water it down. <laughs> Water it down. So then what are you smoking while we sip our Victor's potion and contemplate our cantaloupe? So I, from the Pure Beauty brand, I have their CBD baby mini joint. I am having a little CBD with my nice strong cocktail. So I suppose that's the right combination of things to do. But what are you, what are you smoking, Becca? I'm using a pipe today and I have some member berry, which is a hybrid of skunk berry and mandarin sunset. I don't know why Gretchen's, Gretchen's cracking up. I don't know. Have you watched South Park? Do you have you I ever have, watched that? I Never. have, but not consistently. I want to say it was like the episode, like the season's quiet kind of around 2016. They did an episode, and I think this was the thing in a couple of episodes, but then it like came to a head in one episode. It's this thing called Member Berries. So like it's named after I think it has to be named after that. Sure. But they there's like these little berries that go, do you remember when? And then they like say some like bullshit thing from the past, you know, you yeah. remember, remember it. <laughs> so I'm laughing. I had no context for that. <laughs> so I was just like, because it's also a hilarious. It's like one of my favorite episodes of South Park, I think. That whole season was pretty like egregious, but also like, oh my God, <laughs> these guys really, they have the American uh, zeitgeist really uh, pinpointed. Really yeah. yeah. Well, I'll have to watch it. I'll keep smoking this and I'll go watch it when we're done yeah. today. And yeah. And, and you can just you. watch that one like episode uh-huh. because uh-huh. it doesn't necessarily, I, as far as I know, it doesn't need need context really if you're okay. familiar with the premise of the show <laughs> okay. okay that's great <laughs> member berry yes it's member berry <laughs> do you remember and <laughs> it's got myrcene caryophylline linalool and then 1.1 percent cbd so barely registering and then 26 percent thc and it's enjoyable i am feeling i'm feeling kind of relaxed but also a little energized. So I think it's perfect. You're going to member, member berries. <laughs> Sorry, sidetrack from our cantaloupe. Oh, <laughs> yeah, cantaloupe. Marcello's Italian Kitchen does have, obviously, a lot of robust explanations and thoughts on each section. And we were both super excited by the pasta section, Gretchen in particular. To be honest, I haven't read much of it, but Gretchen was super thrilled about a lot of the learnings that she had. And as we keep digging into this cookbook, we just keep learning more and more and getting more and more excited about her approach to everything. So Marcella has some strong opinions about pasta. Seems to be that she really thinks that hand-stretched pasta might be the most superior pasta, But she is willing to admit that if you're getting a quality product from the store or from some sort of vendor, then that is also perfectly acceptable. Does machine rolled pasta, is that considered hand stretched in her opinion? Machine rolled pasta, she considers compressed pasta. So she has three main categories that she sees as there are. You've got stretched pasta, you have compressed pasta, and you have extruded pasta. And we're going to focus a little more on the extruded pasta since we are using a store-bought and most of the store-bought pasta is extruded. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
I'm already learning. This is yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's why I was so excited and was like, can we read all of this? And you're like, remember how it took you a half an hour to read it the other day? You're the one that read it, by the way, to see how long it would take. And uh, it took a half hour. Yeah, we could read it all, but I don't think anyone will listen to us. <laughs> no, but, but this could... is super exciting. And so I'm glad yeah. you're you're pulling out the important bits for us here. I'm, I'm really trying and only trying to touch on them briefly. So stretched pasta is rolled entirely by hand. You have to use a certain type of rolling pin. It's that like longer, thinner rolling pin. And she says this is important because of the way that pressure is supplied depending on the rolling pin. So we could also do a short little rolling pin sidetrack because <laughs> if you're using one of the typical ones that you think of a rolling pin where it has a handle and like a block that rolls around the handle, if you are using that to make pasta, she considers that a compressed pasta because typically what you're doing is applying force. Whereas the thinner, like hand rolly kind, you'll see a lot of places using that like long thin like so it's more of a stick basically it's a stick yeah and so like you're you're stretching the dough more with that than pushing I see she's considering the pushing down compression which is the machine too it's kind of like forcing that into a smaller condensed version of itself whereas this other rolling pin that's just like a single unit of a roller it's like a pencil basically right a big pencil <laughs> but that just gently kind of pushes the shape out it stretches it instead of forcing Smashing. into yeah. a, a, like a more condensed version okay okay yeah. okay I yeah. love, okay oh it's yeah okay here the, we go it, we just this was okay. very educational like I was like so many things were just like click 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 and I was like took me this long to understand this much about pasta and she just has a good way of explaining it so it's just like oh I understand I understand so it's so clear yeah it's really helpful on the beginner cook side because everything is really clear and really easy to follow but I'm also still confused so I'm glad you're here so I think maybe I should just start with the, the very beginning of the pasta section. So I'll read that bit, and then I'm going to jump to the extruded pasta section. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about flour and and go from there, I think. Yeah, I, forget, forget. I think you wanted to specifically mention the type of pasta she recommends for this recipe, which you have, but I right. don't. So I think we right. definitely want to make sure we talk about that. Oh, well, I don't actually have that pasta because I'd have to make it oh, myself. I just bought really right. expensive pasta. So. <laughs> Okay. We can talk about my expensive pasta that I I bought because I was like, ooh, this meets all the Marcella's like criteria. And so I got really excited about it without looking at the price tag and got to the register. And then the girl had to tell the girl that was bagging, like, this is how you put this in if it doesn't have a barcode on it. It's like, you were like, it doesn't have a barcode. $10.99. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I totally Better. knew it's that expensive when I walked up here. Definitely. Yeah, totally. totally knew that. <laughs> All right, Gretchen, take us off here from the beginning of the Marcella's Italian kitchen pasta section. In less than a decade, pasta has risen from the infamy of its spaghetti and meatball days to become a favorite of cooks of all persuasions. Because it is such a simple compound, flour and eggs or flour and water, our attention is naturally drawn to what goes into the sauce or stuffing. 
and we tend to take the take for granted the essential component of the dish we are making, the pasta itself. This is regrettable. If we do not clearly perceive the differences in pasta character, if we cannot tell good pasta from bad, we can never master the vast range of expressions of this most versatile and satisfying of all foods. Pasta begins as a mass of dough. Whether or not it is made with eggs or with a particular kind of flour assumes importance only in relation to the method by which it is produced. What we need to distinguish, first of all, is how each method affects the properties of the pasta that are most significant in terms of flavor, the surface, and the body. To become pasta, the original mass of dough must be thin before it is cut or shaped. The thinning process can be accomplished by stretching, compressing, or extruding, the methods that in turn give us our three basic categories of pasta. Question, mm -hmm. can you explain to me a little bit more what exactly is meant by surface and body? I'll try. <laughs> if you can. Just the gist. I'll try. Not because I can't, but I'm also just like, can I explain it in a easy and succinct way? Yeah. But I can guess, but break it down for me a little bit. Why don't you read the extruded pasta section and see if you might get some answers? I feel like she talks about it in this section. So if mm -hmm. she can explain it at least a little bit, she might answer your questions. Uh, okay. But otherwise, if you're still confused, we'll talk about it after. How's that? Okay. Sound? So hold that question. <laughs> hold that question until we've gone through this section. Yeah. Okay. So extruded pasta, again, because Gretchen said that's kind of what is in our world today with our store-bought pastas. Extruded pasta. When a mass of dough is forced through a perforated die, you have extruded pasta. After extrusion, the pasta must be dried slowly at carefully calibrated temperatures in special chambers. Extruded pasta requires machinery of industrial size, and it is therefore frequently referred to as factory-made. The most common examples are spaghetti, rigatoni, ziti, fusilli, penne, and I never know how to say this one. Con conchile? Sure. I think so. That Yeah. The part that that GL, I think, is li. Oh, okay. Conchili? Conchili. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah. So basically okay. how you're pronouncing it. <laughs> is that the ear-shaped one? No, that's Arketti. Oh, okay. All right. But there are dozens of other shapes. Right. <laughs> Lots of shapes. <laughs> Lots of shapes. Continue. <laughs> the dough for dry factory-made pasta is composed exclusively of selected hard wheat flours and water. Since these are the only ingredients, the quality of each shows up in the finished product. Another important factor is the perforated dye. Bronze dyes produce a rough surface to which pasta can cling. Okay. Teflon coated dyes are easier, maintain, easier to maintain and speed production, but they impart a slick, uninteresting texture. High quality factory pasta is as fine a product as the best homemade pasta. Whoa, it is different as wool is from silk, neither better nor worse. Sadly, it has become fashionable to snub macaroni in favor of so-called fresh pasta. Anyone doing so is turning away from one of the most remarkable foods ever devised by any cuisine. <laughs> I mean, 
she has strong feelings about pasta. I guess I should have, I wasn't giving her enough credit because she was, she did say that she kind of admires them all to a certain extent. So. She's a pasta fan. Yeah. Factory pasta ought to have the pale gold color and flavor of good hard wheat, a faintly rough texture and an exceptionally compact body that maintains its firmness in cooking while swelling considerably in size. To my knowledge, none that fulfills all these requirements is manufactured outside Italy. She has a point. So there's always that real layer of truth there to everything Marcella (laughs) says. Egg dough can be extruded, but it is better suited to be stretched or compressed methods. In recent years, the market has seen the coming of extruding machines for home use. I am pained to think that because of their enthusiasm for pasta, People have ended up buying these devices. (laughs) Now, here's the judgment. I was like, wow, Marcella, real judgy, real judgy. Whoa, opinions. Flour and eggs go in at one end. You push a button and what comes out at the other end can be called pasta only in the loosest usage of the word. I know. Like, oh my gosh. She's not done. It is a gummy substance of no gastroeconomic interest, whatever. No more damaging blow to good Italian cooking has ever been struck. Ever. Ever been oh struck. Never to be recovered. <laughs> Shame for shame on you. Shame, shame. Get your shame. Shame. We need a bell. We need a shame bell. Shame bell. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Last sentence about extruding here. Home extruders may have a place in the history of man's infatuation with gadgetry, but they have no place in a kitchen. None. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Get it out of here. (laughs) Makes me way less keen to use my extruder attachment for my KitchenAid. I'm like, oh no, Marcello would be like, no, never. She'd walk out of your kitchen. She doesn't walk out. (laughs) Like, nope. What are you doing? Absolutely not. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. All right. So now I, so the, the surface and the body. So the body's a little bit more like what the thickness or shape kinds of ends up being yeah and then the surface is how well the sauce sticks to that precisely perfect okay so then could you close this out with her flour section and then why this particular noodle she mentions for this pasta is really cool yes okay so i am going to read her flour ingredient dissertation but we got a little bit of it in the extruded pasta section As Elizabeth David has demonstrated magnificently, one can write a volume about varieties of flour. And when we focus on Italian cooking, however, and specifically on pasta, we limit our field to two basic kinds, soft wheat, unbleached, all-purpose flour, or durum, or hard wheat flour, also known as semolina, or in Italian, semola, the first being white, the second pale yellow. Each of the two varieties has its virtues and its drawbacks. For the classic pasta of Bologna, 
stretched by hand with a pin, only soft wheat flour is used. It is lower in gluten than semolina, hence it is easier to hand stretch. Soft wheat has a gentler, warmer fragrance than that of semolina's, which is faintly sharp. The sweet smelling pasta it produces is plumper in body and of a fluffier consistency than any made with durum wheat flour. On the other hand, it requires the utmost heedfulness in cooking because it can quickly pass that dangerous line from firm to overdone. Semolina has so much tough gluten that it is next to impossible to stretch by hand in the Bolognese manner. It is more suitable for flat pasta compressed by a non-extruding home machine or for such industrially extruded shapes such as spaghetti or fusilli. Pasta made with semolina flour is never as downy as the soft wheat kind, but makes up for it with the body tautly knit and admirably compact. It accepts an extraordinary variety of sauces and cooks to a perfect al dente, firm to the bite consistency. When buying semolina, one must look out for flour that is ground too coarse. Unfortunately, much of it is, including some brands that are sold as pasta flour. It should be talcum soft to the touch and impalpable like other flour. Otherwise, it will be difficult to work with. At home, I use semolina when I want extra firmness, such as tonorelli. More frequently, I use an all-purpose unbleached flour, which makes pasta closer to that made in, at home in Bologna. The choice, however, depends on one's preferences. Both flours make equally valid pasta. Super informative. Super informative. There's so many thoughts in my head. But first, I had no idea semolina and durum were the same thing. I didn't either. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't know that. I thought they were almost the same thing, but I had no idea they were exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like an idiot. And so then when she says soft wheat, like, is that all purpose flour? Yes. Okay. Yes. So anything that's not semolina or durum is, is a soft wheat, essentially? Yes. Okay. And there's another, like the type OO flour. Yeah. That you can find that's like the softest. So that would be something that you would use, like that you would buy specifically to use to make like a hand stretched dough. That'd be kind of cool to try. So she just lumps that in with the, with the soft wheats then. She doesn't yes, like call yeah. it out as its own thing. No, I mean, I think that when we talk about, when we eventually talk about stretched pasta, mm -hmm. I think she talks about it a bit. Yeah. She talks about it in that, that sense. But. I see. Okay. So, okay. So now we have to make a, gnocchi from her a risotto from her and a fresh stretched soft wheat pasta <laughs> the tonarelli you said has to be hand stretched right because the shape of it is square this is this is her description of what it should look like because it should be exactly square so it has like the most surface area even compared to like a round noodle you'll get the most sauce clinging but it's just not a shape that like anybody's making in anywhere else. You have spaghetti. Spaghetti is close enough. And even in the recipe we're using, she says it's, it's a good substitute. I just think it's interesting because now I want to make square pasta. Right. Of <laughs> course you do. Yeah. Not right. Do you have, do you have that pin that doesn't have the, oh, yeah. any hand? Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> I have, yeah. I have, two different ones like that. One that I was using as my muddler for a while, which I think I'm probably still using as my muddler, but yes, I had the right style pin to do that. I have, I have much deeper appreciation of doing it by hand and 
why you would do it by hand using a soft wheat it was like oh for fuck's sake why wouldn't i have thought that you wouldn't use the same kind of flour for a hand stretched noodle versus a pressed by machine yeah so if if we were to make a, a home spaghetti again would we not use semolina no she so she said that if we did it if we were doing it completely by hand no but if we were putting it through the pasta machine yes it just has to be that really fine ground right. yeah. semolina yes sure. don't don't get the like larger grain stuff which yeah. is good to have around for doing the rolling out part because it will not incorporate into the pasta the same way but it isn't the pot the the grind you'd want to be using to put into the pasta you're making so. i see okay yeah that was super helpful that was the most knowledge i've gained about pasta in my whole life in like 10 minutes <laughs> i know right right you did a great job summarizing it thank you so I, much. I i tried i really tried i mean i'm glad you reined me in and said why are we reading this entire section <laughs> yeah there is a lot here and so obviously we'll come back to it we're going to make fresh pasta she also mentions the only other things you can put in pasta are spinach or swiss chard so maybe we'll do that yeah. those are literally the only things she says and then well, yeah, like we keep saying, we'll never be done with Marcella, but in Marcella, we trust and we just yeah. keep going forward. <laughs> but should we read the ingredients for our Tonarelli al Melon? Yes. Yes, okay. we should. Because I think you understand it. I'll read the ingredients and you can read the the steps this time. Whoa. Mixing it Whoa. up, people. Also, this is like a pop quiz. I wasn't expecting this twist up. So here we go. <laughs> Good luck. Better get 100%. Otherwise, teacher's going to be mad. So our ingredients are four tablespoons of butter, one tablespoon of vegetable oil, three cups of cantaloupe diced into one quarter inch cubes. Ooh, I, uh... Did mine considerably larger than that, so I hope I didn't fuck this up. I forgot to get butter out. Oh, well, that, that that doesn't matter as much. Like, it can <laughs> be cold, because you're just going to melt it and use it to saute, so it's fine. Delicious. And one cup of heavy cream, one tablespoon of lemon juice, and a half teaspoon of tomato paste, salt, pepper, and tonarelli or store-bought pasta. And we went with store-bought, and I bought my expensive stuff because it looked really nice. Like, it had lots of nooks and crannies. Like, it has a texture to it. So I was like, oh, maximum sauce holding because we're, <laughs> That's we're a good this. body and surface for, yeah. mm -hmm. for sauce collection. It looks like extra long stretched thin fusilli. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite, cool. it's, it's really cool. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, it looks super fun. Okay, do you want to do equipment? Ah, yes. So we just need a saute pan and a pot of boiling water for our pasta. So we've already got our pot of boiling water going, or at least mine's boiling. I don't know where Becca's at, but <laughs> mine boiled already. Nice so, and warm bathy. And a cutting board to cut up your melon. But this is very easy. Like, we should be able to knock this out in 15 minutes tops. Awesome. Yeah. We got this. And so world level two. one to two, two, yeah. cutting the cantaloupe. Cutting the cantaloupe, yeah. It's scary to cut melons sometimes, yeah. <laughs> okay, Ooh, my first time doing steps. Okay, our steps are, we are going to heat up the butter and oil and add the cantaloupe until soft. So that, I think that's high heat. 
And then we will add our cream and that's okay at high heat, add cream. Mm -hmm. Okay, add our cream, our lemon juice, our tomato paste, and then reduce down to half or a quarter of the volume. So that comes down quite a bit. And then we add our salt and pepper to taste. Then we remove from the heat. I think simultaneous to this, we'll be cooking our pasta because I'm guessing she's assuming fresh pasta, which takes like a second because she says cook pasta and then toss in. But we might also be cooking our pasta while we're heating our sauce up or cooking our sauce. So once your pasta is done, throw that into the sauce and then serve immediately. No Parmesan or anything. Very, very basic. Very just you're putting cantaloupe in your pasta sauce. (laughs) Cantaloupe and pasta sauce. And... We have already cut up our cantaloupe, like Gretchen yep. said, maybe in the right shape. I think mine are much bigger than that too, because I've been kind of lazy. Uh, mine me- might be closer to an inch. Well, I think it can also be kind of related to the size of your pasta. So the, I guess it's kind of good that I got like a thicker pasta, because if you're using the spaghetti or the tonarelli, the tonarelli is going through the finer of the two cutters on your pasta machine if you're making it. And so that would be finer. So like you wouldn't want chunks like that size with that sort of noodle situation. Sure. But a spaghetti can take a chunk. (laughs) Yeah, spaghetti and meatballs for a reason. Right. Exactly. I think we got this. Yeah. Okay. My water is pretty close to boiling. I'm going to turn it up just a little bit. And Gretchen's only doing half the recipe because I'm by myself on my own. And she's unsure about the cantaloupe piece of this. (laughs) I can't imagine how it's going to be bad. I'm just not sure if I'm going to like it. Yeah, going out on a limb here. But it was just so intriguing that, as you said, in Marcello we trust. (laughs) Yeah, in Marcello we trust. My butter sizzling there. Sounds so good. Melts it down here. And I've got it over the high heat. So adding that vegetable oil help raise the smoke point of your butter so that you're not going to get too hot and not be able to saute your melon as effectively. That's very cool. I remember you saying that that's one of the things she recommends all the time when you're sauteing something is to do that combo. Yes. With butter. Yes. If you want the butter saute. Gotcha. And you already told me that your pasta is from Italy. Tell me more. I mean, there's nothing on this label that's in English, even. Definitely Italian. I wonder it's $12. Well, you know it would be Marcella approved. Yep. Okay, my pot is now reboiling. All right, looks like my oil butter is ready over here, so going in with my my cantaloupe. Your lopes? Going in with my lopes. How did you know I was thinking that in my head? I just could tell. Get out of my brain. It's scary. I know. I know. Scary. Awesome. I know. I think I've told you this before, but there's a line in um, King of the Hill where the niece and the mom are talking and they like say the same thing at the same time or something. And the mom goes, get out of my head, Luann. And I think about that all the time whenever I do like a mind sync with somebody. Get out of my head, Luann. Luann. All right. I'm putting my pasta in because it says it's supposed to cook for 10 to 12 minutes. So I think that's going to pretty much put me at the spot where my sauce will be done. Okay. I wonder how much browning you're supposed to get. I feel like she wasn't that specific on that. On the lopes? On the melon, yeah. Because she really just said it's supposed to tenderize more than anything else. I just added my cantaloupe. Lots of sizzle sounds happening. 
sizzle, 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 sizzle. I'm kind of feeling a little nervous about the big chunks of cantaloupe now. Why? <laughs> well, I get why they'd be small, because then it would get like a little more saucy. I'm just going to have like big chunks of cantaloupe. I don't know. Just keep telling yourself. Okay, you're right, dry. you're right. You're right, you're right. But I think I'm pretty soft, so I'm going to go ahead with my cream and everything. Okay, lots of sizzle over there. Yeah, that was me putting the lemon in. Now it goes my cream. Okay. I have a feeling I've gone too brown. It is quite brown. And I think if, I, if the pieces were smaller, they would have cooked, like, sautéed a little faster without getting the browning. But. Oh, sure. <laughs> wow, my... <laughs> this is going to reduce really fast. <laughs> Especially since I've got a 13-inch pan over here instead of a 10 or 12. So, sure. Surface area galore. <laughs> So even my pasta sauce is done way before my noodles. Mine are taking a bit to cook or to soften just because they're so thick. All right. I'm going to put a little pepper in. Okay. I think mine's reduced by at least half. Wow. Since we're going with the store-bought pasta, Marcella recommends that we do reduce it to a quarter. Should just need another couple minutes. Okay. And uh, I think my sauce is done. (laughs) Looks good, though. It's so pretty. Is yours brown? Okay. No, not at all. Mine's barely softened. My sauce is very brown. <laughs> really good wow. browning on mine. Yeah. I got. I must have gotten my oil heat higher than yours. Yeah. Got a little browning in my butter, maybe, too. It tastes delicious. Yeah, I, I'm, I think I like it. I'm just not sure I got what I'm supposed to get over here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I feel like it's supposed to be more of a, like a white with pieces of the orange melon in it. Oh, but oil is hot, but not smoking. Mine was definitely smoking by the time I added the melon. Oh, and there so I mean, lies our predicament. And unfortunately, I've eaten the rest of the melon except for one slice. I can't start over. No. <laughs> You're in it now. I am in it now. It's fine. Okay, I just put my noodles in the whopper. Okay. I'm about 10 minutes behind. And I have yet to add it, my cream or lemon or anything over here. Oh, well. I think I am now. I've got just a teeny bit of browning happening. So I'm going to okay, go yeah. lemon, cream, tomato paste. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> yeah, so I have a feeling you're supposed to end up with like a peachy colored cream. Sure. With these nice like delicate peach chunks in it. But you have like a brown thing. I have a brown sauce. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe... I don't know. Your tomato paste. It's not enough tomato paste to no, have an effect. Yeah. No, maybe I'll have to just buy another melon tomorrow and try it again. Do it over. Yeah. Yeah. See where I can end up. This pasta does not cook quickly, though. I guess I should taste it before I pass judgment on where where it's doneness is. <laughs> but as soon as it's done, I'm just going to lift it right out of the water and toss it into the sauce. So you turned your heat down on your sauce and then added your salt and pepper? Correct. Okay. I'm going to get my pasta like maybe two more minutes. A fork went right through that one, so maybe that means huh. it's time. Okay, you're putting your pasta in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Those weird-shaped pasta, it's like, what is the right tool to get this out of here? <laughs> yeah, really. I've gone with tongs, because this does seem to be the most logical choice. Okay. All right, I've reduced to about half. I'm going to turn my heat down. You just turned it down to low. No, I, t- I turned mine you off. turned it off. Just because it was, it was like, so hot. yeah, it was reducing so much. It's like, okay. has a really, like, it's sweet smelling. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be pretty sweet. 
It's going to be interesting. I feel like I'm going to like it. I think I am too. I think you will. I think you're going to be surprised. Just as I, I like to say, it's not not a combo I would ever have considered, you know? It doesn't mean it's bad or wrong. I'm doing my generous grinding of pepper. Maybe I just need to put a little more salt in it. Yeah. And do a little pepper. Because I don't know that I've done enough pepper. I might have put, like, chop a little basil and put on top of this. Ooh, yum. I was surprised there was no herb. Maybe I should taste it before I get all judgy about what should go there in you there. Go. There you go. Maybe it's just perfection. Yeah. Into a bowl we go. Well, I still don't know how I feel about this, and I've eaten several pieces now. Yeah. I actually don't hate it, but... Yeah, because you keep eating it? <laughs> I keep eating it. It's really interesting. I ended up adding a little bit of pasta water. Oh, I definitely, like, because I was just picking it out of the pot and putting it in there. Yeah, definitely okay. was adding pasta water as okay. well. Okay. I might do a little more pepper now that the noodles are in. I really don't know how to feel about this. This is so interesting. Okay, what are your what do you like about it? So you get this really interesting like fruity notes, but also like complex savory flavors and a hearty punch of pepper. What don't you like about it? It might be a little too sweet. Okay. Like I almost would want to like do a little saute of like some onions in with the uh melon. Yeah. yeah. Just for a little was- bit more complexity that makes sense I was wondering too if if you would do like a little bit less cantaloupe and maybe like a little bit more tomato paste or Mm. something would that change the balance too much maybe yeah but I still haven't stopped eating it either so so you're very it's enticing but confusing sounds like (laughs) yeah yeah that's a good way to put it it's enticing but confusing do you think your palate's just so shocked by a sweet pasta sauce maybe that could be part of it yeah just that it's yeah a bit more to a dessert side so unfamiliar as a mm -hmm. as like a pasta course or adding like maybe adding a little bit of um pancetta or something just to make it a little Mm -hmm. bit more give it a ham component yeah too maybe a little parmesan and maybe some fresh basil would like mm-hmm. bring a, it wouldn't make the sweetness the so much the focus but right. i really like it i actually mm-hmm. really like it i think it's winning me over oh my gosh i wonder too if it like settles a little bit more well i'm sure the, yeah like, the flavor is gonna like develop over time too so sure i think i love this i can't stop eating it <laughs> mm-hmm. it's interesting because i think about there are some pot like tomato sauces that add sugar Mm-hmm. And this just kind of like does it for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet it would be good with fresh pasta. Mm-hmm. Real delicate. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's winning me over. I mean, it's not something I'm going to make like all the time. This is not my preferred way to consume melon. No. <laughs> You're not a hot melon fan now. No, but if I'm like, oh, I'm bored of eating melon like this, I'll know what to do with it, you know? Yeah. I don't know if this is because of the color. But it kind of reminds me of like an Amy's mac and cheese for some reason. <laughs> probably the color, yeah. Probably the color. It's really good. Yeah. Well, I think we like it. Successful again, experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Again, in Marcella we trust. And this was from Marcella's Italian Kitchen. We'll get the recipe up. We'll try. We'll yeah. get our thoughts up, maybe. Maybe. We'll try to put some pictures up. We always try. We what try, try, try. It? And thank you for joining us, Gluttoneers. Another so, fun adventure at the homestead. Yeah, so excited to have you all with us. And rate, review, subscribe, do all the things, help people, other people find us. 
and be uh, annoying about it tell everybody repeatedly till they either listen or never want to talk to you again those are the only options only options (laughs) up we go (laughs) give me the lope puff